0: You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And here we are in another episode of Win Win, an entre- entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf, as always, your host. Uh, we are going to learn from our guest today how to live in courage rather than in fear while your business is in growth mode. Uh, as always, I encourage you, uh, if you are getting value from his show and the you know the people we bring on here, the knowledge that we're sharing, to make sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review wherever you're listening to it, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, um, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it happens to be uh, to listen to that and uh, leave a review. It makes it more available for other people and the algorithms. It'll come up higher in search results when people are searching for entrepreneurial things or about the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. So definitely encourage you to subscribe and please leave a review. And uh, with that, I I do wanna get to introducing our very special guest today. Uh, She is a certified EOS implementer with her company, Traction First, based out of Dallas, Texas, uh, where she has facilitated over 600 full day sessions with leadership teams. Uh, She is the author of a new book that just came out this year encourage that's two words in courage how entrepreneurs and their leadership teams can experience less pain in growth mode Uh, i will share the uh, link to that on amazon in uh, in the description below Uh, she is an entrepreneur and uh, was president of an accounting firm in dallas Uh, you can find out more about her at her website tractionfirst.com and with that i welcome the uh, the inimitable jill young welcome jill
1: thanks Ben. I'm really excited to be here.
0: No problem well i I am honored and uh pleased that you you are able to be here um so with that, I want to get to you know what i what I like to have people start with, which is just to you know you have a little resume so to speak that I just spoke about but um you know if you could help us give a little quick two minute history on how you got to be where you are, how you got to be passionate or you know about and doing the things. That you're doing now maybe that's not reflected on your you know your official resume if you could talk about that for a second
1: sure i'd love to i i love to start with my very first job when i was eight years old so we had four Mm -hmm. large child care centers Mm -hmm. in utah and i was uh, eight years old when i had my first job there that probably raised in the business for my preteens and all the way through my early adulthood. So I learned a lot by just working alongside them and mom and dad gave me a lot of freedom to really play with the numbers of the business, play with um, what we now call core values and core focus and our approach to marketing and training. So I just got all of those experiences really early on. So now Ben, they're just kind of ingrained in me. But whenever anybody asks where, uh, where do you get your um, your skills or your enthusiasm for entrepreneurialism? It always goes back to how I was raised. So that's the biggest, uh, if we call it root cause, of how I have mm-hmm. found myself mm-hmm. here. If we did, if we did a fast forward like you mentioned in the intro just shortly before i was a full-time eos implementer i was president of a cpa firm and that's actually where i found the entrepreneurial operating system because we were hitting a ceiling and i was blaming myself for all of our issues and so i lamented to a friend one day that i must not be very good at this running businesses thing and he said to me there's nothing wrong with you jill there's something wrong with your system and he handed me the book so we implemented eos at the cpa firm i was the integrator for a while quickly got fired by my team as the integrator and said you're not an integrator you're a visionary uh, that was that was a fun experience and pretty soon We loved EOS so much, and I loved EOS so much. I saw how much power it had that I decided to leave the firm and do this full time, and that was five and a half years ago, and here I am, 600 sessions in, and still learning and growing, that's for sure.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's amazing. I mean, everybody knows who you are. And I, you know, when we had our first call a few months ago, uh, you know, I just remember, you you know, the first words out of your mouth, just meeting you for the first time, you know, from hundreds of miles away where like a joke about my last name, Wolf. And, you know, we just started in on, on that, <laughs> on that stuff. So, uh, you know, definitely, I know that I know that a fun, fun attitude that you bring, uh, definitely, you know, uh, you know adds a lot of, uh, of joy and kind of op- opens the mind and the heart a little bit to allow people to do better work when when you have that kind of lightheartedness and, and I, which I know is an element of what you do write about in your book, also encourage. Uh, so speaking of that speaking of that book, I guess part of what I wanted to you know to speak about was uh, with you together was the fact that first of all, I, I, I enjoyed the book. Um, I listened to it on Audible, which is you know kind of the way I try to the way I generally read books uh, these days and um so yeah energy and drive there certainly comes across uh you do narrate the book yourself which is always great when the when the author narrates her own book and is able to bring her own voice and you really know exactly how they wanted you to read something by the way they read it because they wrote it and they're able to read it that way um what what was that like i don't know is there a recording studio is like what is it like recording something that you yourself had written for the written form
1: Well, uh, first of all, it's kind of fun how I decided to read my own book for Audible. And I have two books now, and I've done the audio recording for both of them. So with the first book, when I sent the book out to test readers, one of my clients, Stephen Park um, of Easy Bell Construction down in San Antonio, when he gave me feedback, he said, The book is like you are talking to me. I can hear your voice. I can hear your enthusiasm. So because that's a very unique part of who I am and how I do my coaching, I thought, wow, I don't think the full book would come across in an audible unless I did read it. Now, that might be an optimism bias or a <laughs> something like that. Like, oh, I can do, you know, I can uh-huh. do it better than somebody uh-huh. else would, but because that's such a part of who I am, I decided to do that. Uh, I have actually really enjoyed reading the books, doing Audible. But yes, you, you get a studio local, locally. And of course, uh-huh. I have a team that helps uh-huh. me do this. Uh, I have a fantastic editor, uh, Leslie Horn of Keen Editing. And she took over the Audible production process as well. Found a studio and she prints out the book for me so that uh, I have normal breaking parts. Uh, breaking points, Uh where Uh I breathe, Uh where I add emphasis. She also had to go through the script Uh and uh, change some of the words because if you refer to the book in the book, you have to refer to the recording. Uh, So there's a few little words that change that if I were left to my own devices, I wouldn't have caught it until I was reading it. So lots of preparation goes into the the audible book for sure. And Ben, it takes a lot of energy. I, you know, was chugging water. Um, I took a few breaks, but after you're done recording this audiobook, and my books are not long. I, uh, one to two hours on an audio book, but it takes about four hours to record. And I oh. was
0: tired,
1: oh. very tired.
0: Wow. Well, that I mean, I, I certainly would not have have any idea how much work goes into that. So, I mean, it's just super interesting for me. Something I didn't know anything about. It's okay. Glad I asked. That's really interesting. I mean, well, one of, just going into the substance of it, one of the, you know, the, I guess the main theme, the way your the way your book is is broken up is that is that you know you talk about and give lots of examples and stories for ways for you know three main ways that people can live in courage rather than live in fear when they're in growth mode and. You know, talk about having, um, you know, doing things in a way that's disciplined, uh, in a way of lightening up is the second one. And and then three was do a lot of experimenting. Um, So, you know, if you could just tell us like briefly, obviously not the whole book, you know, but briefly, what are those three things, you know, what do those three things mean? And, you know, maybe an example or two.
1: Sure. So um, taking just a tiny bit of a step back because whenever – your readers hear new information, one one of the best ways to learn it is to understand the context. Like, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. It seems to be a little bit more digestible and people seem to be able to implement it just a little bit faster. So the context of this book is really important. And the context really comes from a conversation I was having with a prospect who happened to be in the Chicago area And I was driving, and, you know, I've had lots of prospect phone calls, but the way I approach a prospect phone call is I just immediately go into coaching. So I'm asking Mm -hmm. them questions about their Mm -hmm. business and what's on their mind. I just use, that's just how I um, sell, if you wanted to put selling in air quotes. I just start coaching. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this prospect had a question for me, and I had never been asked this question. And he said, I know why EOS will work. It's in the book. I've read the book. Why doesn't it work? And he and I just had a really lively, deep discussion as I explored for him the, the clients that I had coached where they stopped or they... Um, Maybe they graduated early, because graduation is a thing in EOS. Mm -hmm. Graduated early Mm -hmm. before they learned all the tools. Or, you know, they had one session and and stopped. I mean, that that Mm -hmm. absolutely happens Mm -hmm. in the world of EOS implementation. So Mm -hmm. that's where it came from. And over about the course of a year, I, you know, anecdotally, yes, but I just did a lot of research on my teams and i looked at the teams who didn't make it and i looked at the teams who were really successful and i just started correlating some behaviors and some mental uh some mindsets some mindsets Mm -hmm. so that's where it comes from i just i i want everybody to know that this came from the observations from my 500 at that time 500 sessions with leadership teams it's not just something that I invented or thought oh this would be cool so the three Mm -hmm. the the three we call them the courage mindsets are really like you said the courage to have discipline and the courage to have discipline is really deep because it's sometimes emotional discipline and what I found in companies who just really couldn't move forward, uh, who really, it felt like they were moving this solid rock uphill, is they lacked the courage to have discipline. And some examples of that is, you know, from the very first session that we have with our EOS clients, we're asking them to have a a level 10 meeting. So that's a 90 minute meeting with their leadership team once a week. And these teams Mm -hmm. who just didn't Mm -hmm. make it they didn't have the courage to be disciplined to that meeting. The teams, on the other hand, mm-hmm. who did mm-hmm. make it, they just stuck to the discipline even when they sucked. It's fine mm-hmm. to suck. I'll say that to my teams mm-hmm. a lot. It's okay to suck. <laughs> it's not okay to skip. Right. <laughs> right. That's kind right. of how we teach. Right. That's right. kind of how I look at my gym attendance as well. I can go and have a lousy calorie burn day, but I cannot skip so that's mm-hmm. that's some examples right mm-hmm. there, but also it's sticking with the courage to be disciplined. It goes even deeper, disciplined with your behaviors. yes, please, thumbs up, just keep going. but uh, mm-hmm. one of the chapters of the book mm-hmm. is about being disciplined with your thoughts. Uh, I loved your uh your previous podcast. I listened to it again this morning, which was great but you know, for teams to really slow down a little bit and think about their thinking. And that's what the EOS sessions, the quarterly sessions, well, all of the sessions, that's what it really allows a client to do and a leadership team to do is to extract themselves from working on their business, slow down a little bit, take a deep breath, and just think. And it's a real gift to leadership teams so if if i had and mm-hmm. i've had these kind of teams who call me two days before their session and they're just very scattered and they say oh we can there's no way we can you know have our session right now you're not being disciplined to your behaviors or your time mm-hmm. commitments mm-hmm. and you're also not being disciplined to your thoughts you have to give yourself space to slow down and think about your thinking. So disciplined with the thoughts as well.
0: Well, that's yeah. I, <clears throat> I definitely hear that, and I, and I definitely see how in the past, in leadership teams, you know, I've been with, we've we, we've uh, we've fallen prey to that to that kind of thing. You know, when you 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 also give the example in the book about the EOS discipline or practice of having clarity breaks. You know, taking out some time each week to. You have to have a clarity break, and that it does take courage. I mean, absolutely, you know, to uh, you know, to you know, to get out of the hamster wheel, even for a few minutes a week, and uh, and you know, and think uh, and be more open rather than just focus on get it done, done, done. Um, what about the second? What about the second piece? The second courage mindset you talked about, lightening up. What's that? What's that? A second
1: mindset is the courage to lighten up. So I, uh, uh, this is part of my unique ability, if you will. Unique ability is a strategic coach term. I'm actually a member of strategic coach. That's where I get all of my coaching. And part of my unique ability is, is to have energy and to be fun and lighthearted. So this absolutely could be kind of a leading indicator But what I have seen in the clients who choose me and I choose them is that they take a lighthearted approach to business. The Mm -hmm. teams that don't make it, or the teams that quit early, or just quit altogether, uh, what I had correlated is that they were so uptight, they were so serious, that they really had, um, sometimes, a. I might be getting too crazy with this word, but a doom and gloom approach to business. And so sometimes I like to say, let's go ahead and be serious about the work, but we're not going to take ourselves seriously. We're human, we make mistakes, we're really excited about hitting our results and getting into the nitty-gritty and making sure we've got right people in the right seats and we're solving the issues at their core root cause. All of that, let's take that seriously. That's great. But let's not take ourselves so seriously. And So that's where that courage to lighten up comes in because it's really the courage to look at yourself and say, "Uh, yeah, I have flaws and I do want to enjoy myself at work, uh, but we can still do a lot of good work and not take ourselves so seriously. In fact, one thing that I found correlated as well is that when we, as a leadership team, and then of course I'm included when I'm leading these sessions, when we can laugh a little bit, when we can tease each other a little bit, uh, Mm -hmm. we actually get better work done, better serious work done. Just yesterday I had a team here in my session room. So here's a perfect example of lightening up. They mm-hmm. decided mm-hmm. to <laughs> they decided to have a game called Scare Bingo. And okay. you know, they're okay. fun little bingo card and when you can scare each other, meaning they love to hide behind corners and jump out at you. <laughs> then you get to fill your bingo card. And, of course, I got to be a part of it yesterday, and I walk back from the bathroom, and someone's behind the door, and someone else is videotaping, and they scared me, and I screamed, and, you know, screamed and danced. uh, (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) And, you know, they take a video of it, and it's funny. And nobody gets offended. We love those moments at work. So, you know, it could be if somebody's listening, and they're just – you know, holding just tight fisted to the results and taking everything so seriously. It could be that you just need to laugh a little bit and that might help.
0: Right. might open things up. I guess I get the sense uh, that it, you know, might allow a person to have like, you know, be be not so much in a constricted mindset, but in a more expansive mindset and thereby, you know, and thereby, you know, have a, have a better vision for the future. And, And the last one, experimenting. What's that?
1: The courage to experiment. So one thing that I had found in teams who didn't make it is they felt like, especially as entrepreneurial leadership teams, they felt like they had to have the right answer right away. The right answer right away. The teams Mm -hmm. who really Mm -hmm. made it and the teams who really reached this, um, like a level of mastery with... EOS, what they really love to do is they like to say, well, we don't know exactly what's going to work, but let's try this. And when it doesn't work, they say, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. And they just really have that experimental mindset of we're, we're not really sure what will work, and they're not tied to one idea. Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan will call yeah. it, um, he, he calls it, don't fall in love with your own idea. Don't fall in love mm-hmm. with your own idea. Mm-hmm. Because we there are a hundred different pathways to get to profitable. And the teams who would just hold on to that one um, one solution and never think that possibly we could get to the same result by a different path, it was really hard for them to come back quarter after quarter and, and feel like they weren't uh, they weren't making progress because that one thing wasn't working. They just didn't have the courage to experiment. But to be able to look at your leadership team or look at your whole company and say, hey, we're not sure this one thing is the thing that's going to get us to our 10-year target, but this is our best bet and we're going to try this first, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of Mm -hmm. humility Mm -hmm. to say things like that. So that's the courage to experiment. That's what I found successful teams were willing to do.
0: Right, I hear that, and that's, you know, for for me personally, that actually is one of the, one of the harder things for me, just on the Colby action modes, you know, assessment, I'm kind of high on the fact finder. So I'm always wanting to, you know, kind of look into things and, and, you know, and try to realize in advance. Uh, But I think one of the things that has helped me in the past with be better at being an experimenter, is just being more explicit about the fact that it's an experiment and we're not calling this our decision. We're calling this, okay, we're going to try these things and this is an experiment and be explicit about it. And, and I found for myself at least where that's not such an easy thing for me, uh, that, you know, has been kind of a way of, I guess, lowering the barrier barrier to entry on, on, uh, on being more experimental.
1: That's but, a really um, great approach. In fact, I, um, I talk about that in the book, that words matter. And so especially when yeah. you're going to your teams, and I love how you've, you've just used it for yourself, Ben. Hey, I'm going to experiment with this. And you know what? Did you know that experiments can never really fail? You just find data. Okay, right. well, now we know that didn't thing learn, didn't yes work. Or no. yeah. yeah. We know right. something that didn't work. That's, that's a win. That's a win. You know it instead of just assuming yeah. right. nothing else will work. Now, you know,
0: right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yet? Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's so true. Um, You know, and one thing I wanted to get to, because, you know, and, you know, people talk to someone like yourself or we're listening to this now, hearing somebody with, you know, who's so high energy and really enjoys the, you know, I guess, you know, even lightening up and experimentation are kind of like, you know, both on one side and discipline on the other side. But they're, you know, they just seem kind of light and energetic and expansive and uh there could be people that you know could be looking at that with uh with skepticism and wondering it's like hmm is that is that too optimistic is that unrealistic and the uh you know i wanted to i wanted to ask you about a guest we had on two weeks ago um uh dr Gleb zapersky so he was a cognitive neuroscientist people can go back and listen to that episode and he was speaking um about something that I had also been reading a little bit more about, with, with Daniel Kahneman's book, um, "Thinking, Fast and Slow," the the you know the Nobel Prize-winning economist, and and Dr. Tversky was 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 going into that, and he was speaking about how people having all kinds of cognitive biases. I think there's like 30 of them or so that are laid out, and we focused in the show on the planning bias, confirmation bias that essentially cause people to be too optimistic in their decision making and planning and not not look at content not look at contingencies not look at things that could go wrong Um, and i was thinking how superficially some might think that you know living in courage and focusing on the positive despite fear uh, might somehow contradict the skepticism necessary to overcome one's own cognitive biases um and so you know, I was hoping you could explain, you know, for people that might have that impression or might be thinking, might be thinking that in the background, you know, why, why you think that's not the case.
1: So I, I appreciate how at the surface, you know, in courage uh, could seem like just, you know, at all costs, just run out there and face your fear and, you know, hit your head <laughs> against the wall. But the book is actually not saying that at all. In fact, if I titled Mm -hmm. the book Mm -hmm. Encourage, as in one word, E-N courage, right? Encourage, Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. would feel to me more like just encourage each other, just get out there and be a cheerleader to each other. But when you really look at um, maybe the word etymology of this in courage, you know courage is not the opposite of fear courage is working with the fear and so I you know I loved that podcast um and it was really was interesting when I listened to it we're saying the exact same thing it's slow down it's ask yourself questions ask yourself am I having bias and that's where the real courage comes in yeah being uh having enough humility to slow down and ask yourself these questions even with experimenting experimenting is scary you're gonna put resources towards something you're not sure is going to work but you have to ask yourself uh, am I being realistic and putting all of my eggs in one basket so we're really saying the same thing and one thing where this really shows up in our sessions is when we are predicting our rocks for the quarter mm-hmm. predicting our mm-hmm. one-year goals for the quarter there's a phrase that i use with my teams that has become very uh, i don't want to use the word popular very impactful with my teams mm-hmm. and i'll say something like this i'll say hey uh you know our due date is march 26 2020. who wants to be happy on March 26th, 2020, right? Everybody, yay, me, I want to be happy. <laughs> All right, well, here, I think I've cracked the nut for happiness the day you say done or not done to your rocks. And here it, here's the formula. If we are very realistic in our planning and optimistic in our execution, we come back into the room happy. Vice versa, if you want to be very unhappy when you come back into this room and say done and not done let's be optimistic in our predictions and our planning and then go away and be realistic in our execution and somehow Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. uh you know both sides of that equation is really singing to leadership teams right now because they Mm -hmm. uh, you know Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs don't want to be realistic that is no fun but when I put it that way, right. as let's right. just be disciplined and be realistic today, and then you just go, you just go after it for an entire quarter, optimistically that you're going to hit these realistic goals, and you know if you, if you, uh, if you do more than the goal, awesome, that's bonus. But that's kind of mm-hmm. the the little mm-hmm. uh, nut I've cracked around getting them to really love being realistic when we're setting rocks. And it just takes it takes away some of those biases um, automatically. There's there's no emotion tied to, but if we're if we don't set a stretch goal, nobody's gonna work towards it. Yes, they are. We're all gonna work towards it. Nobody on an entrepreneurial leadership team is lazy.
0: Mm-hmm. right. Right, and it it definitely it definitely does take 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 that courage, to, you know, to uh, to overcome to overcome fear and look look at what could go wrong and look at being realistic in you know in goal setting. So, so I mean, I, I really appreciate that. I'm glad you know for anybody that that you know that did I, I think have that you know superficial thought you know or thought that superficially excuse me that it you know that it could be, you know that re- being realistic is you know is in any way contradictory or inconsistent with living in space courage um, that uh, that that's that that's been more clear. Um, I do want to wrap up but one thing I, I was you know maybe if you could expand on the you mentioned earlier before we wrap up uh, which is that, you know, look, you, you are a coach to tons of people and tons of leadership teams, but you referenced earlier how you use Strategic Coach, Dan Sullivan's program. I mean, you know, we know Dan Sullivan's quoted on the cover of Traction, uh, Gino Wickman's, you know, book laying out the EOS entrepreneurial operating system model. Uh, so obviously there's a great relationship between uh, Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan, Gino Wickman. But you said you use Strategic Coach for yourself. Like, can you talk a little about that and why you do that, what that does for you?
1: Oh yeah, I'd love to. Several years ago, um, I I ha- I just have been I have tons of thoughts. I am a thinker. <laughs> I I I am a professional thinker. <laughs> if okay. there was an Olympic okay. sport of thinking, I would join. So I'm a thinker, and because I think so much, and I think a lot of visionaries do. Uh, well, a lot of integrators do. A lot of leaders, uh, leaders just think. It's um, it's actually one of my favorite pastimes to just sit and think. Mm-hmm. So what I was finding yeah. is that I wasn't, um, I didn't have a really great way to think about my thinking. I wasn't my thinking wasn't organized. It was sporadic. It was uh, maybe a little ADD. And so uh, I started asking around. I joined Vistage for a while. That didn't really work for me to just kind of slow down and think about my own thinking. I was giving, giving, Mm -hmm. giving to leadership Mm -hmm. teams and helping them think about their thinking. I just didn't have any space to do my own. The other thing we know Mm -hmm. about great coaches is great coaches always have coaches. There's hands Mm down 100%. Mm -hmm. it's almost like mastering your craft. Well, it is like mastering your craft. It's really hard to be a coach if you don't know what it feels like to be coached. So Gino has been a member of Strategic Coach for many years. I think it's going on 20. Hello. And he recommended Hello. he recommended this to me. So I hesitated for a while because Strategic Coach is really designed to help growth-oriented, very successful entrepreneurs uh, go to the next level 10x their business and you know i'm i'm working here in the the time and effort economy where i don't make money unless i stand in front of people and deliver my brains and my words and all of that right. right, so i i hesitated for a little bit but um one of their coaches said to me Jill you're it seems like you're looking for a new mindset and it was just spot-on I'm always looking for that next level of mindset how can I think at a deeper level and she said you could either join coach where we can help you find those new mindsets or you can go try to find your own mindsets and then join coach. So I just decided to go all in. I've been in there two years now and the incredible way, the incredible tools that they've taught me to just organize and think about my thinking. um, I've made my money back on my coach program. I I have found incredible new ways to think about the world and the work I do. And then here's here's the other huge benefit. It worked so well for me to organize my thoughts and know what I really wanted out of life and Mm -hmm. relationships and my Mm -hmm. business that I began recommending it to my visionaries. And so Mm -hmm. where we talk about sometimes visionaries aren't very disciplined in their thoughts or their thinking. What I have realized is that when my visionaries go to coach, strategic coach, and they're Mm -hmm. running on eos Mm -hmm. the freaking sky is the limit these visionaries come Mm -hmm. back into the session room a new visionary they're disciplined they're organized they know exactly what they want instead of a shiny new thing every quarter their teams Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. respect
1: the visionary more because they're giving a clear vision and clear direction instead of let's climb all of these mountains they're saying this is the mountain we're going to climb so the the structure it gives visionaries to think allows the visionaries to be more creative in a very focused way so i i highly recommend to all of my visionaries you get into strategic coach because strategic coach is a process for a visionary it's visionary training ground Entrepreneurial visionaries don't have training. They've got peer groups. They've got roundtables. Strategic coaches are absolutely training for how how to create a vision and grow your company. And then, of course, EOS is the operating system for the whole company. And they just uh, marry together so well.
0: Well, that is—I mean—that's that, that, super interesting for me, and and it's 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 also interesting to hear how you've observed the difference in in the uh, in the session room with the entire leadership team that happens when the visionary, in particular, is is in strategic coach or is getting their own you know focused coaching and thinking about their own thinking and getting clear on what they want. That's super interesting, um, and. Um, Yeah. And so with that, I I think we're going to, we're going to wrap it up, but I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking about how to live in courage rather than in fear and, you know, in growth mode and the different mindsets uh, for that, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to having discipline, experimenting, being lighthearted, stuff you shared about strategic coach and, um, you know, and, you know, and how the science of, of overcoming, uh, of overcoming one's own cognitive biases really, you know, kind of reinforce, you know, what, what you've been doing in the, us session room and the stuff you were talking about in the book and facing fear and not uh and not and and, you know and and not only looking at the positive or looking at what could go right but looking at what could go wrong and uh, that takes courage so really appreciate that and uh appreciate you coming on today really grateful thank you
1: well it was my pleasure i always love to help entrepreneurs and their leadership teams roll forward We're just going to keep pushing this thing forward, like we say, 90 days at a time. So hopefully um, it helps. Of course, there's there's more exercises and more suggestions on how to implement all of those mindsets in the book. And if anybody's interested in learning more, a really great way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. You can search Jill Young, Dallas, Texas. I usually come right up. And then, of course, both of my books are on Amazon, and you can find me on my website, at tractionfirst.com.
0: Yeah, definitely appreciate that. And um, I'll also share that I'll share the link to the book and the, and the link to tractionfirst.com in uh, in the description and in the social media posts that come afterwards. Uh, so thanks for coming on, and we'll see everybody else on the other side. See you later. You're listening to Win-Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.